2: Download Adam Sank's last comedy album on Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play. We're
0: already in the
2: shower together. The risk has been taken. If I don't blow you, the risk will have been for nothing.
0: The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material.
2: Ryan, pull down your pants. (laughs) (laughs) JB, you start sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down
0: my throat while I'm dicking him down. Oh, okay. oh my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests
2: that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I Absolutely. like
0: where you're going with yep.
2: this. For some reason, the word strap on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap on at the same time. <laughs> and he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, poor Vivor <laughs> This is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm gonna suck it. Powered by DNR Studios.
0: <laughs> and now. Go on.
2: Yes, hello. Hello, it's Adam Sank. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. I am trying to simultaneously uh, post on Instagram and start the show, which is not a good idea. Um, But welcome. Are my levels low? I can barely hear myself. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are back live. If you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, August 3rd, 2019 at dnrstudios.com. The only place to hear this podcast... Uh, the week that it airs. Leave us your ratings and reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to this thing. You can email me anytime at adam at com. Like our Facebook page, The Adam Sank Show. Uh, download my second and final comedy album. It's called Adam Sank's Last Comedy Album. And also, if you've listened to the album, leave a review. Same goes for the podcast. Reviews make things uh, more popular. Finally, most of you should have heard by now that we are raising money So that we don't lose JB. No, he's not dying. But he will have to leave the Adam Sank show if we can't raise money to pay his producing fees for the next year. Uh, So listen, I don't mean for this to be a telethon and I don't mean to start the show on a negative note. But I know for a fact that there are about a thousand people who listen to this podcast regularly. Uh, I announced this fundraiser uh, about a week ago and donations came rushing in and I was so excited. But the vast majority of you I would say 95% of you have not donated. Now Maybe you didn't know about it until now. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. But all I'm asking for is $10. $10. That is what it costs to go to Starbucks once if you're getting a sandwich or twice if you're just getting coffee. The money all goes to JB. It doesn't go to me. It doesn't go to Ryan. We don't make any money. JB, is there something you'd like to say on your own behalf?
0: That's literally my, my, my pay per hour is literally $10 an hour. So all I'm asking you is pay me for the hour I'm here. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And if we raise more than we need, uh, we will bank it toward future years, assuming that the show still goes on and JB still goes on. Uh, my heart still goes on. <laughs> so again, all you do is go to AdamSank.com. At the top of the homepage, there's a link to the GoFundMe. Some of you have been ridiculously generous. We've gotten $100 donations. Someone donated 200 I, I can't tell you how much that touches me. I'm not asking for that from all of you. I'm asking for $10. Uh, We're about at uh, just under 2,000 now. I'd like us to be at 4,000 by the end of this show, if not by the end of the week. Thank you. And now it's time to welcome everyone's favorite frost pig. My regular co-host is back this week. Please welcome Mr. Ryan Frostig. Adam. Ryan. Hi. How are you, my I love? I never see you anymore. Um, I rarely see Ryan anymore because he has been, become smitten mm-hmm. with someone who is half boy and half wolf. <laughs>
3: this is true. No, it's funny because in the past, like I'd be like, how are you? It's so like I haven't seen you in so long because we would see each other right. every day. And now I see you. Now we're actually catching up on the air. I know. Although so we, nice.
2: we did hang out last night. Yes. Ryan came over. Scott Hernandez came over. Yes. And the plan was to watch <laughs> Cabaret. Which Adam was very excited to watch Seminole 1972 film with Liza Minnelli Directed by Bob Fosse I had only seen it as a child In its edited form on network television which I
3: had never seen Let me tell
2: you, they cut out a lot Ryan had never seen it, Scott had never seen it I was so excited, we're all watching And within 20 minutes, both of them are dead asleep
3: It was like, I think I fell asleep Within the first like 8 minutes I was
2: so (laughs) angry and I considered waking them up And then I was like, you know what They don't deserve (laughs) to watch Cabaret it was a great movie. I really enjoyed it. So fuck them. Um, anyway, it's Ryan, good to be back. something happened this week that uh, that uh, we were both interested in because we have had some feelings. We've been feeling some kind of way about ah, the yes. Will and Grace reboot. Yes, I have many feelings. Um, and it was announced this week that next season, the season that starts in the fall, will be the final season of the reboot. Sean Hayes confirmed it on Twitter. I'm not that upset about
3: this. I'm not upset. I'm actually I mean cuz and I don't I don't know how this typically works but they announced the first season and before the first season aired they'd already been
2: renewed for a second I season. I think I think like w- the premiere episode of the reboot happened it got such high ratings that they immediately announced the second one.
3: Yeah. And uh I guess I mean we we watched it. We enjoyed moments. There were some really really funny moments in the in the reboot. I feel like um Overall, though, it just didn't have the same spark. The chemistry between the actors wasn't fully there. The writing wasn't as good. It just like lost its it just didn't feel relevant anymore. Like I feel like there was an opportunity for it to be relevant, but it just kinda of felt like it wasn't yeah, it serving. Made,
2: it made me kind of sad yeah. because I loved the original so much. And um you and I both had a particular feeling about Deborah Messing and well, her performance. She, she on did the kind of forget how to act. She forgot how to act. So
3: I mean and and her face is really difficult to look at for long periods of time just because it's been worked so well, fiercely I, I don't have a problem with her face i think she looks great for i her, have a problem i don't a have woman a woman pro-
2: of a certain age
0: I,
3: no I'm, I'm not saying that she like looks bad or that i think her fa- i just think that like now that she's forgotten how to act <laughs> there's been a lot of emphasis on the face and what the face is Instead doing technique and, and exactly and what i'm seeing i'm not um I'm not enjoying yeah,
2: it. Yeah, she, she's like a different person and a different character than now, the original Grace. what
3: I said on when you posted this on the uh, Adam Seng Show Facebook page, I think we're ready for a Jack and Karen spinoff. Absolutely. Because those two actors... Amazing. ...are fucking amazing. Better than ever. Better than ever. I agree. And the fact that neither of them have... Were they nominated for the no? Th- okay. Fucking Deborah
2: Messing was the only one nominated for last Golden Globe <laughs> last this year, this past year. But but what about for the Emmys? Did I they, I don't know. I don't think. I they don't think any anyone got nominated. Anyway, I didn't want to spend this long on it. But Will oh, and okay. Grace reboot. Goodbye after next season. Bye. not sad. In other breaking TV news, I after uh, the last live episode where I talked about how I did not watch Pose and there was a lot of controversy around that. I am now watching Pose. Wow. And loving it, oh, JB. Screen. It's because yes. of JB's um, reinforcement, encouragement. I mean,
0: I'm glad. I'm glad you're watching. I'm glad you're loving it. I have not watched second season yet, so I can't talk to you about it until. Because again, I'm a binge watcher, so I'm wait till stockpiles and then binge it. But I'm really glad you're watching. I it figured enjoyed.
2: out how to enjoy it. How? Except that it's not realistic. Yeah. And embrace it for being the over-the-top, TV crazy, show, yes. campy, often often production. emotionally moving mm-hmm. mess that it is. And. Um, the episode with Billy Porter singing the man that got away to a room full of AIDS patients. Wow. I it's indescribable to me yeah. how incredible. Wait, wait till you get to that, JB. So yes, I am now watching pose. I now know what everyone's raving about and uh you don't have to send me hate mail anymore. Can I just say one thing? Yes. I um does anyone else not have service at the moment?
0: Mm. Whoa. I have service. I have service. What's wrong with you? Don't scare me like that. And don't
3: interrupt the show with your own personal problems. Listen, this is this is breaking news. I'm on a flow I don't here. have service. All right. Okay. Well,
2: um, I've
0: been watching too much Criminal Minds. And every time someone loses service, I'm like, Oh my god, are we getting kidnapped? Is someone coming in? That's don't what do I'm that. thinking. It's
2: exactly. Okay. More breaking news. An openly gay black man now holds the record for the longest time atop the Hot 100 Singles Chart. Yes. Does anyone know his name? Uh, yeah. without looking name at your name rundown. Is Lil Nas X. <laughs> Lil Nas X. Am I saying it right? Lil Nas? Lil Nas? I, 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 think I
3: guess. I'm I, asking Nas the black person in the room like you know. <laughs> well, because
2: there's Nas, right? There
3: is
0: Nas.
2: There's a Nas. Wait, let's see.
0: So I'm assuming. I'm it and. Lil Nas,
2: is, Nas X is yeah, a. Lil Nas X. He's a country hip hop star and his song Old Town Road has now occupied the number one sh- uh, spot on the Billboard charts for 17 weeks, which has never been achieved before. Uh, He beat a three-way tie set by Mariah Carey with One Sweet Day in 1995, Boys to Men uh, um, with—oh, sorry. One Sweet Day was Mariah Carey and Boys to Men, and Despacito with uh, Justin Bieber, Luis Fonsi, and Daddy Yankee. So everyone's freaking out. A lot of people hate the song. I had never heard it until I read about this. Mm -hmm. Does anyone here want to sing it? I don't— I mean, I'm sure I know it. I'm sure I've heard it, but I I couldn't sing it for you. It sounds like a country hip-hop song. I mean, if you can imagine that. Um, This achievement comes with a bit of an asterisk because what he has done, and he's been very smart about this, Lil Nas X has released five official versions of the song, each one a slightly different uh, remix of the last one. Under Billboard rules, you can keep doing that and as long as those songs keep continuing to chart, you, you keep your position. So theoretically, mm. someone could release like a 100 versions of the same song, and each one, if it charts, will keep will, it basically artificially inflates his place on the charts. But there's no rule against it. Hmm. And um, people are uh, raving about this. He was a complete unknown,, yeah. before he released this song. So it's not like Mariah Carey and Justin Bieber are getting beaten by like some music veteran. They're getting beaten by a 20-year-old. Who had no name recognition a year ago? is he is he independent or is he signed to like I a think label? he's got a label um, but uh, but yeah and he's openly gay and it's a big deal. Well that is fucking awesome. Speaking of hip-hop artists and gayness, Tyler the creator who I know his name, but I don't know any of his work. I've met him before. He's really cute. You have? Mm-hmm. He stays at the Ace. Oh, look at oh. that. Oh, Ryan position. just gave away where he works. Say so that. stalkers, please visit Not Ryan at the Ace. Not for much longer. I just Ooh. quit my job. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> anyway. So Tyler... Oh, I don't think my soundboard's working. So Tyler stopped by um, Hot 97, which is this legendary hip-hop radio station in New York where if you're anyone in hip-hop, you have to sit for an interview on Hot 97 with Flex, who's the um, DJ. So Tyler gave an interview that went on for almost two hours, and it's being talked about for a lot of different reasons. But one reason it made headlines in the gay world is because Flex asked Tyler to do some freestyle, and uh, this takes a little bit of setting up. Tyler did this like impromptu, well, that's what freestyling is. Mm -hmm. It's impromptu. And he mentioned ASAP Rocky, Another hip-hop artist who's been imprisoned in Sweden over a street fight that he had, and it's made the news because Trump was trying to help ASAP Rocky. Anyway, um, things got a little bit gay when Tyler started freestyling. Here's how it went.
0: Um, ayo, free rock him, free rock him. I might fly to Sweden to free him.
2: Hmm. So far, so okay, good. Okay, I'm freestyling. I said...
0: Free rock him, free rock him. I might fly too sweet in to free him. Braid my wig, A.S.A.P. Tat on my ribs. Switch with him, then I can fuck all the sweetened men that I wanna. Actually, I'm gonna heat it up real quick, motherfucker. I'm LeBron. Listen, flex. We just met, but I know it don't seem like all Kelly wet dreams. I always keep 16's, nigga. Me and Flex looking in the index for buff net niggas just for some hot butt sex. Mm. What? What made you go with that verse?
2: Yeah. Flex goes, what made you go with that verse? Tyler knows what's up. So, hot. I mean, Tyler's not gay. He
3: is. Tyler, the creator's gay? I think so, yeah. I think he's bi or I'm pretty sure he's gay. Uh, JB, and okay, and I have and a
0: lot. I'm doing a lot of research. I just finished the research on the Will and Grace thing. Uh, uh, to be honest, Jack and Karen won for Best Supporting Actor in 2000. has been nominated since in the Emmys. In the Emmys. Well, They've, yeah, in
3: in the original. Original, right? Or not in and the and reboot. No, he
0: means the reboot. No, oh no, you're right. 2006.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 2000
0: and yeah, yeah, yeah. 2000. And Karen just won in 2006 for Best Supporting Actor. They've been nominated. All the casts have been nominated since 2000 to 2018, but they n- have not won.
2: They've all been nominated for Emmys in the reboot, even...
0: Yeah. No. In 2018. Mm-mm. Emmy nominated... I don't think that's... Oh, I- I'm sorry. I lied. Get your facts I straight. I lied. Me- I'm sorry. It was just Megan. Liza Minnelli lies. It was Megan. Liza Minnelli But I will Liza. do research on Tyler real quick. Give me five. Yeah, I'm
2: Great. pretty sure Tyler's not gay. Um, and I think he was just fucking with flex. But it was uh, interesting fucking. Well, Talking about butt fucking and... I'm familiar with that. Buff n words and all sorts of things. Um, okay. Uh, oh shit, I'm looking at the wrong rundown. So now, uh, even though it's summertime and no epi- no season of RuPaul's Drag Race is airing, that has not stopped Ryan from obsessively checking every blog and fan site and Reddit site about what is going on with the queens during their off time. And so uh, there was apparently a Twitter war over the past couple weeks between uh, uh, the latest season champion Evie Oddly and the great Bianca Del Rio. Uh, Here to report more on this is our RuPaul's Drag Race correspondent, Ryan Frostick. Shantae,
3: you stay. Thank you, Adam. Uh, I I just want to report that my internet has returned. And I actually went... The reason I was trying to access the internet is because the screenshots that I sent you are incorrect and they're missing tweets. So now I have the real thing. So our current reigning queen, Evie Oddly, um, posted on Twitter. Uh, and we're going to do a dramatic reading, by the way. Adam, First, I, tell I, them the story. Well, Evie Oddly tweeted um, that she, do, she doesn't want to take pictures with fans after the show. She's very frustrated with people. Coming up to her and trying to get autographs and selfies and stuff, and she she's tired. She's tired of it, and I understand, but this is you know part of your job. Anyway, she went to Twitter as many people do, and um, this. So Ryan's
2: gonna play the part of I'm gonna play the role of Evie,
3: and Adam will be Bianca. Okay. Imagine that you're a very passionate chef who landed your dream job at a prestigious restaurant. Imagine that you just spent a long day on your feet cooking for people who pay you because they appreciate how your food tastes. Now imagine that you walk out of the restaurant and are met by a mob of people who love your food and ask you to cook for them for free and without any ingredients because you just use them all. This is why I refuse to take pictures after I finish a show. Don't be
2: selfish. So then Bianca responds It's only been a few months! Good luck, bitch. Shade. Which is why I put
3: this out here now. I don't care how anyone else deals with fame, but I have real boundaries, so if I have to be a bitch who sets the precedent of reminding people we are humans, then so be it. Like I said, good luck. Shade. I don't need luck. I've got the nerve to do things on my own terms, which is apparently uncommon.
2: After reading these tweets, I can agree. You do have a lot of nerve.
3: Shade. Someone has to. The last queen who had this much nerve
2: now wastes it trolling Twitter. Shade. I wish I could troll more. Be a fan. Wait. <laughs> I wish I could troll more, but a fan just asked me for a picture. Be right back.
3: Shade. Unfortunately, we know you will. Shade. And that has been the dramatic reading. Of I'm EBRB sorry, I fucked it up, Bianca I'm Del Rio. So ashamed. Um. So yeah, I mean, h- here's the thing. Like, I. I understand you, you know, this as um, a comedian and when you do
2: shows and people like after the show wanting to come up to you and talk to it's you. It's my and... least favorite thing. Yeah. But I also know that I have to do you it. You have to do it. It's, it, first of all, it's just polite. They've paid to come see you, they're excited about what you've done. They want to, like, they want to have that interaction with you. Right. Um, As a performer, I get it. Because when I get off the stage, I have nothing left to give. I've given you everything. I I don't want to talk to anyone, let alone strangers. But again, it comes with the territory. Most people would kill to be in Evie Oddly's shoes and to have massive throngs of fans waiting to see her after a show. You just have to suck it up, bitch. Well, there's two things. The first thing is that it's
3: completely valid to feel this way. Don't post on Twitter because you're just opening up. Like (laughs) you're asking to be yeah. And the second thing is, um, sort of in her defense, I guess the the drag economy and 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 culture has changed so much that now it's like when you go to see someone like Evie they perform, if they're if they're hired by a club to come in and perform, and the promoter like there's all these sort of rules and policies. Like there's a meet and greet, then there's a performance. If And t- there's
2: usually different tiers of tickets. Like, if exactly. you pay the most, you get the meet and greet. So,
3: like, a promoter is not necessarily going to want you to just, like, take free pictures with people and sign whatever just, like, off on the side. They're going to want that person to pay the money to to do this. So, I don't know. It, I It's like I, I get where she's coming from, but I just – these queens when they go to Twitter uh, – they just I feel like it's like just just keep it to yourself um I don't know so but Bianca is the greatest troll of she all time really is she's the queen of the trolls and she does it so it's like you can't hate her for it like you're in in this situation you know I love Evie Oddly but I'm I have to
2: I have to say I'm team Bianca on this I love both of them. Um, I, you know, this doesn't make me hate Evie. No. I just think like she fucked things up for herself. Yeah. By doing this, but yeah, I was uh, reminding Ryan. I, Ryan wasn't on the show yet, but JB, I was remembering with the Ann Coulter story. Do you remember that when Bianca was tweeting at Ann Coulter after yes. Ann Coulter threw a temper tantrum on yes. Delta yes. Airlines, yes. and and Bianca's hashtag was <laughs> Coach Flying Cunt. Are you okay, JB? What, what can we do for you? So, much? Okay, so
0: I'm I'm choking on this information I read from <laughs> Los Angeles. Fully gagged. Please tell us. Yeah. So back to Tyler the Creator. Yes. Um <laughs> this show has, has great flow. Yeah, they, they haven't he hasn't come out, but he's made statements saying that his rap is about his attraction towards other men.
3: Yes. Interesting.
0: And women. So <laughs>
2: he's really cute.
3: He's bisexual.
0: Yeah.
2: All right. Well, good. Thank you, JB. JB is our fact checker today. Work. Um, I'm working on it. After the fact. But that's because uh, we don't have rehearsal for this show. No. Um, Ryan alerted me to another drag story out of California involving a drag queen whose name is Maybe A Girl. Maybe A Lady. No, it's Maybe A Girl. Oh, it's Maybe A Girl? I actually Girl? looked it up. Oh, yeah. great. And uh, here, I'll, I'll let Ryan report this oh, as God. well. All right. Um,
3: so Maybe A Girl from uh, Silver Lake. Maybe Hell- A Girl. That's what I just said.
2: You have to say her middle initial. Maybe a girl. Right. uh,
3: Became the first drag queen elected to public office in California and possibly the entirety of the U.S. Um, She joined the Silver Lake Neighborhood Council and now she is running for Congress. Yes, queen. So exciting. In drag. In drag, in full drag. Um, Which, uh, so I know that. um, I know. Oh.
2: I know that Marty Gould Cummings. Uh, Very active in New York. He's the the head of the Hell's Kitchen Democrats and um, was, I believe, the community board president. Was he? I mean, or is. Has this been done before? Like, I can't think of. Not Congress. Not Not, Congress. Not Congress. Um, And really, it's hard to even think of a state legislature that has a drag queen in drag. They've had trans people, of course. Um, But, you know, drag queens tend to only dress in drag when they're performing. Right. And getting paid for it. So it's weird to think of like some member of Congress just sitting there in really? a wig, and a gown. Well, Marty was doing
3: splits. Marty must have been the first drag queen
2: to, be, to sit in the UN. Right? In the UN. Yeah, he went to the UN. Oh, in drag? In drag. drag. Did he address the UN? Yeah. Sorry that my dog is barking at the guests. This is the hazard of bringing Lady to the studio. She freaks out when people show up. Um, anyway, we uh, hereby just, endorse maybe a girl. Yes, maybe a girl. And maybe we can get... And maybe...
3: We can get her on the show. Oh, I see what you did there.
2: We are going to try Wait, to get her, her on the her show. Wait, her
3: thing is um, uh, vote yes for maybe. Oh, well, that's cute. That's really cute. I like it. Yeah.
2: All right, in much more serious news, uh, this was a, a, a huge story this year. Someday, an arm implant may prevent HIV infection for a year. Wait, wait, an arm implant? A little tiny thing the size of a matchstick could be implanted in your arm and essentially work like PrEP for a whole year, and you wouldn't have to take any more pills. Wow. Merck announced that they were testing uh, just a dozen subjects for 12 weeks, but they've, they're already quite excited at the potential to revolutionize the battle against HIV. This was announced uh, this past Tuesday at an international AIDS conference in Mexico City, Um they think this is particularly important in places like africa where you have lots of hiv positive uh i'm sorry you have lots of hiv negative people who are at risk either because of um they work as prostitutes or they are simply rape victims Mm -hmm. um culturally young girls in africa are very highly at risk and taking PrEP every single day is not an option. It's expensive. Adherence is a problem. Education is a problem. But if they could get get this little thing implanted in their arm, they'd be safe for a whole year. One and done. So, um, you know, it's great for everyone, but it's particularly great in places where the the PrEP therapy is not really um, realistic. That's cool. In other news that caught my eye this week, a local pastor in New Jersey faces a lawsuit after he told them that he needed to suck their dicks in order to get the demons out. (laughs) This is actual audio of the Reverend Dr. William Weaver, (laughs) who, by the way, is 69. Not making that up. Okay, He's a Presbyterian minister, and uh, apparently these men came to see him for spiritual counseling. Um, He asked them to strip naked and lay down. He would then place an angel coin on on their heads, I think their actual heads, as well as sacred stones on their stones and ankles, and then performed oral sex on them. Sounds like a goat. This is actually audio of Ryan with his boyfriend Listen, in Las I've, Vegas. I've
3: had many demons sucked, sucked out of me. me.
2: <laughs> I so refuse to say... I've su- sucked many demons I'm, true. I've tried right. this with so many straight guys, and it doesn't work. Yeah, I um, you know. That's one of the uh, one of the defendants or one of the uh, plaintiffs came forward. His name is A.J. Meeker. He wrote in a statement, "I refuse to stay stay silent any longer. I need to make sure that this will never happen to anyone again." And you know, a few people on my on the Adam Sank Show Facebook page were like, "These guys were adults. Mm-hmm. You know, they knew what they were doing. It's not they they don't have a case." And I'm like, "But really, if you're a pastor or priest, you're a person in, in a position of authority, and people trust you. People believe that like you speak for God." Right. So, a lot of people would be susceptible to this kind of shit. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they just wanted to get their dick sucked. And if they did, they probably could have done better than 69-year-old Reverend Dr. William Weaver.
0: When JB is right here, willing When JB, turn the mic up, I can barely hear you.
2: (laughs) Straight guys, JB is willing to suck your demons right out of I your mean cock. the whole team at us we are just we're here <laughs> we're here to we're standing you. by to take
3: <laughs> your cock at any time to take your demons style eight four. We don't we, have enough of our own.
2: phone number anymore 8448255367 <laughs> is the number if you're listening live and you want to call in and get your demons sucked <laughs> out uh women need not apply um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I right. mean it's funny, but it's also sexual assault. Yeah, so, so we need so to remember that. that. Yes, yes, and, yes, yes, uh, yes, 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 and men can be sexually assaulted. Absolutely, sure. And also, and also, this would be a good plot for a porno. <laughs> I'm, porn directors take note. I'm writing the screenplay as we speak. Um, Here's a story about a Pride celebration, and we talk about Pride all the time on this show. We're about to do our weekly Pride update, but this one is uh, a little more serious. It comes out of Poland. A Polish city called Bialystok, as in Bialystok and Bloom on the producers, Mm -hmm. just celebrated its first ever Pride uh, celebration with a thousand marchers. And what makes that really important is that there is a major right-wing... Violence and presence in this city. They faced over 4,000 people who were demonstrating against them and were violent. Bags of flour and other objects were thrown out of housing blocks at the pride marchers. Um, 20 people were arrested, four of whom were suspected of committing crimes, including the use of threats. The police, to their credit, kept a protective ring around the marchers during the three hour march. But this city, which has about three hundred thousand people, it's located in the conservative region of Podlasi, a stronghold for Poland's ruling right-wing Law and Justice Party. This is basically like the MAGA party has taken control of this city, right? And there's a lot of right-wing extremism happening in Eastern Europe, in Germany, uh, which is obviously the most terrifying. Sure, and even in France, um, in the same way that that the the Trump phenomenon happened here and we have these hideous MAGA people chanting, send her back and, you know, marching and killing people in Charlottesville. And, and the, the the white supremacy movement is not just in the United States. It's yeah. worldwide.
3: It's a global issue.
2: And it's one of the main reasons why we need to get rid of Trump and everyone listening needs to register and vote. If uh, you haven't already registered, please do so. Even though it's a year till the election, it's never we too need soon. need your vote. But... How brave are these one oh, thousand I mean,
3: marchers it's in awesome.
2: Stock Poland?
3: Yeah, it's it's really exciting. I mean, when anyone who comes from sort of like um, an, an environment like that can pull themselves out and be proud and
2: and it's risk just, violence, and like it's their actual lives. violence, yeah, of course, yeah,
3: it's, it's really cool. And I tip my hat to them.
2: Absolutely, the hat and. That I'm not and, you know, those are the people that make change in the world, are the people who are brave enough to to sacrifice their own safety in the name of a, a cause bigger than themselves. And we are way too weak and spineless to do so. Exactly. So we salute those who do. Um, on that note, it's time for our weekly Pride Roundup. Hit it, Ann Steele. You know what? Love can it take us there, right? It really can. So Love can take us to Bialystok, Poland.
3: <laughs>
2: That's where we're going next year. All of year, our right? dreams can fly. Oh, love. It's Come really on, everybody. Bob. Love can take us there. The lovely Ann Steele of the <laughs> I Love My Wife podcast. Which airs every, I want to say Wednesday? Well, it's Mondays now. Every Monday, uh, every right here on dnostudios.com. At 1 p.m. If you like lesbians, and who doesn't, make sure you listen to them. Okay, uh, here's where Pride is happening around the world. Uh, today, tomorrow, and the next day, it's Brighton and Hove Pride in the UK. Ooh, Never been to Brighton or Hove. Uh, also, Leeds Pride in the UK is August 4th. Vancouver is August 4th. Prague. Another place where it's hard to be proud in the Czech Republic is August 5th through 11th, Reykjavik, Iceland. I bet that's a fun one. August 8th through 17th. It's Montreal Pride, the 8th through the 18th. August 10th, Austin, Texas Pride. Oh, yeah. I love Austin, Texas. Really, really sexy boys in cowboy hats. Uh, August 10th is Eugene Pride. For anyone named Eugene, this is your day to be proud. Shout out to Eugene Shout out to Levendusky. Eugene Lewandowski of the New York City Gay Men's Course. But actually, it's in Eugene, Oregon. And finally August 10th is Surrey Pride in Woking, England. England has Surrey with the fringe of, on top. Yes. Oh my gosh. England has lots and lots of Pride celebrations, celebrations excuse me. Celebrations. I feel like we've been off this whole show, right? I feel like we have, so- but I also feel like we've been on. <laughs> we haven't what? got a like new
3: energy that's like kind of bubbling here. Well, there is I'm a new mind. energy
2: that just walked into the room. Yeah, our studio yeah, guest is. today is making her debut on the Ass... <gasps> Which is weird because I've known and loved her forever. I've booked her many times to f- perform on stage with me without any reciprocation, I might add.
3: <laughs> <laughs> She's a
2: comedian and author wow. who's been seen on Bravo, Lifetime, VH1, collegehumor.com. She has an album entitled Seen Better Days. Here's a taste of the comedy stylings of Selena Kopic telling the story of the time she got her purse snatched in Boston. Hit it. So
1: I'm chasing down newer screen and I'm screaming, help, help! And as I'm screaming this and running, I remember an episode of Oprah I saw one time. Where she says, don't scream help, because no one will fucking help you. You know, you just, yes. We've all seen this episode, yes. We scream fire, because then everyone thinks they'll get fucking burned, and they'll actually help you, because everyone's inherently selfish. So I'm like, help, help, and then I'm like, oh. So then I'm like, fire. Cover
2: band. <laughs> and joining us now in studio is comedian Selena Kopic.
1: Yay! Hello, hey, hey guys. Selena, how are you doing? Hey. Welcome
2: to the show. Welcome to the S. Hey, it's great
1: to be here. It's
2: great to have you. We're a little messy today. I, I feel like really? we're, we're acting like off? we're hungover, but we I didn't think really we need to embrace the messiness. I'm, I I'm hungover. I, I am but not. Hungover. That's not a shock. <laughs> Selena, you are my favorite comedian who's named after a murdered Tejano singer. Yes, thank you. There are not
1: a lot of us, and I'm glad that I really uh, got my finger on the pulse of that one. Well, yeah. I was
2: thinking you must have been around 14 when that happened.
1: Yes. It was very strange because it's a, it's a family name, actually. Selena? Yeah. It was my the woman who basically took my mom in the summers when she was a kid in Santa Barbara who was a family friend named Selena so I'm named after her and so when Selena Cantania like burst on the scene bitty bitty bumba all that my family got really into her because we're like look same name same spelling you know and so we had like posters we were really into her and then promptly she was murdered I mean it was yeah scary. it was quick wow. yeah it was really quick
2: and then were other kids like oh you're gonna get murdered like I know, people, people give you, you are like, you
1: don't want to have we're a fan club because the person who runs your fan club will kill you, wow. you know?
2: And then now, so of course, dark. we have Selena Meyer on Veep.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. And Selena oh. Gomez. Yeah. 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 But when people don't know me, they often assume that I'm Latina, which I find hilarious because I'm, like, extremely white. <laughs> very <bland. laughs> yeah. I am very waspy. But you know yeah.
2: what? I like when, when white people have non-white names.
1: I know. Me too. I really like My
2: it. My sister's best friend growing up was this beautiful blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl named Maria. Oh,
1: wow. And yeah. the
2: family had lived in Latin America for most of their life, and so they named her after you know, people who down there. Yeah. But people, and she spoke fluent Spanish, but mm-hmm. she was white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Selena, I want to hear your entire story starting at birth. Leave <laughs> nothing out.
1: Oh my God. Here we go. Oh you my have gosh. two minutes. <laughs> Dive in. Well, it is so lovely to be here because we have known each other for so long. Adam. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't even what
0: remember how mean? we met.
1: I wonder if it was through Leah Doobie. I feel like she introduced Very me possibly. to so many people. Very um, funny
2: lesbian comedian. Yes. DB.
1: One of my best friends. She grew up in the town next to me. Oh. Oh, I didn't know Just outside that. of Boston, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think, do you know, when I had my therapy show, yes. I would have people on and then they would say, you know, you should really have. Mm-hmm. And so that was sort of how I, I met everyone.
1: Totally, yeah. And you and, did
2: that show a lot.
1: Yeah, I did therapy a number of times. I feel like I had you on the show I used to run at Luca Lounge, I hope.
2: Was it? I don't remember. It was, was there a theme to it?
1: No, it was just, it, I ran it for a little while with Heidi Edsel and Julia Rossi, and it was in, it was in Luca Lounge, which was Avenue B, just south of 14th Street. Uh, it was closed by the Department of Health uh, after a few years, because it used to rain through the ceiling. Wow. And there was, like, no running water. I mean, it was condemned, essentially. Nice. Um, but I could have sworn I had you on that show, but who knows? I mean, God, It's very it was, possible. No, yeah. I was just giving you shit. I, <laughs> I know, I like that's that, That's, like, my,
2: my constant refrain, <laughs> is that... I booked everyone and no one ever booked me. <laughs> I <laughs> Here I am it. retired from stand up now. I know. Uh, but Somewhere no retired. but so you you grew up in Boston.
1: Yes, yeah, I grew up in the suburbs of Boston. Uh, What's
2: that mean? What town?
1: Weston. Okay. Is so, that near,
2: um, Newton?
3: near Newton? Yeah, it's That's right near Newton. My family's from there. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. Oh, Newton's lovely. It's really cute. Yeah, and yeah. great public schools. I mean, in Massachusetts you have great public schools yeah. anyway, you mm-hmm. know. But yeah, I used to go to the All Newton Music School to study piano. Mm, yeah, very nice. lovely. Um, but yeah, so Weston's near like Wellesley, Waltham, Newton, and it's very, you know, sort of preppy suburbs, but it's only, I think, 12 to 14 miles from the city. So you didn't
2: get the accent at all.
1: I did not. Yeah. I, this is not popular to say, but I think the accent is often socioeconomic. Sure. Know?
2: I think most accents are. Yeah. Cause yeah, I'm from true. Jersey. But people from my town didn't weren't like, "Yo, we're from New Jersey. What's going on?" <laughs> exactly. You know, we didn't have that. Exactly, we were sort of a country club town.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's sort of how I feel. Although, when I'm drunk or angry, sometimes a little bit will come out. Um, and I know some people say that the one word you can tell I'm a Bostonian is how I pronounce R O O M.
2: Rum. Yeah, I uh, say rum, which is like a very Boston thing. Yes, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, but yeah, grew up there, and then went to college in upstate New York. Hamilton. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my, go My nephew went there. Oh, I loved it. Mm-hmm. It was so great. And Did then, you
2: study any kind of performing arts there?
1: I was an English major, but I sang in the only co-ed a cappella group on campus, the Hamilton College, Hamiltones. Oh, I know oh the Hamilton. Yeah, they're great. Wow. <laughs> I
2: wonder if the Hamiltones, I mean, they must... Do Sing selections Hamilton. from Hamilton. They must do it all the time, right? I
1: wonder. I remember when Hamilton was being developed that I think our president of the, of the college at the time wanted to try to like build a bridge and we were all going to get free tickets. And then it was like, no, wait, no one is getting anything for free because this show is blowing up. It's so popular, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I always say, you know, I think people got really into Alexander Hamilton because of the show Hamilton. But I'm like, some of us were really into the first secretary of the Treasury uh, <laughs> for a long time. Like yeah, I got in on the ground floor of that one. Um, but I loved it up there. But it's in the middle of a cornfield, you know, I mean, it was but I was in a sorority and I so I sang in what the sorority. Alcohol. Uh, at Hamilton we only had locals, so it's oh. probably meaningless but Alpha Theta Chi, till I die. Yeah. ATX better than sex. Oh, yes. then, <laughs> I loved it. It was so fun. You know, we had a lot of formals and theme parties. That's really what it's all about.
2: But you know, you're known <laughs> and you've been on several lists as like one of the top feminist comics. So was your feminism in full bloom when you were a sorority girl or was it sort of like under wraps. Then. I mean,
1: that's such a great question because I do think like how do you kind of reconcile the two, you know? But but I mean, I took like my first semester freshman year I took women women studies 101 and it truly changed my life. Uh I mean, it was I just felt like all the frustrations that I'd been feeling about, you know, sex being seen as something that was somehow taken from me and not something that I had part of pleasure in. You know, like just all the messages you get as a woman as far as shame and, you know, sort of being set up to fail and everyone assuming you're dumb and no one listening to you. Like finally, like in college I was like, Oh my God, this is real. And there's an explanation for this and I'm not going crazy. This is actually happening, you know? Wow. And that was, I mean, it blew my mind. Um, and I took a lot of women's studies in college and a lot of philosophy and I mean, and I actually never felt like the feminism ran counter to that. I felt like, and because I'm the youngest of three, I have two older sisters. To me, the lesson in sorority life and in growing up with sisters was, have other women's back Hmm. you know and i think that there's the stereotype that like sorority girls hate each other and all we do is fight and cat fights and stealing boyfriends and i appreciated that like in my sorority i mean the rush period was about six months so you really like and that's just rush. That's before you even give out yeah. bids. Like, that's just getting too much. Usually know. it's a couple weeks. Exactly. Yeah. So, Hamilton does the Greek system in a very different way, in a way I really like. And you don't live in a house. Like, I lived with girls who were in KDO and in um, PBX, like all different sororities. You could all kind of live together in a suite, and you were friends with all types of people. Um, and, and yet, to me, I appreciated even during meetings to decide who we'd give bids to certain topics were not okay. And, you know, like when they would talk about, like, so-and-so stole my boyfriend, it was like, you, that's not a reason, like, sorry, you, or just like, so-and-so, I heard she's a slut. Nope, that's not admissible. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I actually, it kind of gave me a lot of faith in other women. And I think
2: it depends very much on what kind of sorority you're in. I was in a Mm -hmm. fraternity, Mm -hmm. which shocks most people. I was in Kaisai, which is an old national fraternity.
1: Oh, yeah, we had that at Hamilton. The guys had nationals. Mm -hmm. The girls, only had local, sorry. But the
2: lodge that, that, uh, that I rushed, And pledged at They were just like Nice guys They were like Nerdy engineering geeks They Mm -hmm. weren't particularly sexy Uh, We had a few assholes But there was no hazing Mm -hmm. They told us from the get go Like if anyone ever Makes you do anything You don't want to do You have to let us know Because that's not okay Mm -hmm. Like there were people That didn't drink Mm Mm-hmm yeah. There were people of other races mm-hmm. in the fraternity. It was, it, you know, after two years, I came out and I was like, this isn't really for me anymore. But it wasn't because I like w- w- was unhappy. Yeah. I just was like, mm-hmm. I don't really have a lot in common with these guys, except for one. Oh. Will, my fraternity brother, uh, yes, who yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, wound up becoming mm-hmm. very close. Hmm. But um, mm-hmm. so you graduate and then do you immediately start pursuing a performing career?
1: I moved to Chicago to do improv. Cause in, so in college, I nice. sang in the Hamiltons, and I was in the short-form improv comedy troupe. Oh, God. Um, so And my sister is also in comedy and performing, and so she was in Chicago. Yeah, is
2: this Laurel? Yeah, Laurel. I didn't know that you had like a... Successful acting sister.
1: Yes, yeah. I just
2: found that out in my research.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. Laurel's doing great. She's Laurel out in LA. Copic. Yeah, same last name as me. I'm glad. Even though she got married, she didn't change her last name. And I was like, thank you. I can ride your coattails more easily now. Is you know? she older or younger? She's older. I'm uh-huh. the youngest. Um, but yeah. So Laurel had been Laurel had been at Circle in the Square here in New York and dropped out after a year and moved to Chicago to stu- you know focus on comedy really to do Second City and I O. So I after college moved to Chicago to do classes at I O. And and it's so funny that I ended up in stand up because I used to think like stand up was Andrew Dice Clay and it right. was disgusting and mm-hmm. improv is the pure art you right. know and now I'm like I can't even stomach improv <laughs> I'm yeah. like Ugh. Um, but I moved there and took classes at I O Improv Olympic um, and I worked as a paralegal I mean I, that first year out of college like I just I didn't know anyone in Chicago really I had no money Laurel was very busy she had a full time job and she was on a great team at I O and um, So it was just a tough time. So I was like slogging through improv classes, but I was like, literally, I mean, I was suicidal at the time. I was so, I've never experienced a depression like I did in Chicago.
2: Just because you didn't know where you, where to go and what to do and you were sort of aimless.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I had this terrible job with a lawyer who would scream swears at me. Like the attorney, I was, I got a job in the newspaper uh, at an immigration law firm and the woman who I worked for was just so mean, like I mean, at the time, I didn't even understand. Like, now I look back and I'm like, oh, that's truly abusive behavior. Right.
2: When you're young, you don't, and I mean, Ryan is still, what, 27? 27. 27. JB, yeah. JB is like 26. Y- y- yes. I mean, Selene is right. Like, you, you kind of almost expect to be treated that way. And yeah. then you, you learn later in life that that was so not acceptable and you exactly. didn't have to take it.
1: Exactly. I wish that I, because I mean, the, the law firm didn't have an HR department. It was a very small law firm. But. I wish that yeah I'd been like you will not scream obscenities in my face like this is not how we're gonna work you know but I was 23 and I was just like oh, I'm barely getting by I just need this paycheck right. and you also know? haven't
3: had other jobs to base your experience you know exactly. what I mean like you're going into something and you're just like this is okay
1: yeah I guess this is the corporate world I guess this, is how this works yeah, yeah. people st- scream swears at you and you know like track your every movement even going to the bathroom you know like I mean it was just it was such a crowny situation and I was so depressed and I started dating a guy when I first got to Chicago and it was very consuming. And then we broke up mm. and so that like, I just really couldn't recover from that. It was just like everything that could go wrong did go wrong. So then after about a year, I moved in with my parents again uh, in the suburbs of Boston. And got sometimes a good idea. Yeah, I I wish that I'd just done that after college. I wish I'd just been like, you know what? I grew up outside of Boston. Get a job in Boston. Right. Everyone from Hamilton is there. You'll have friends. You know. Yeah. I don't know why I just did it the hard way. You know. Um. Then I was back. You know, living with my parents for a year, and that's when I got into publishing, which was much more of a fit for me as far as like professional environment, other people, making no one screaming friends.
2: swears in your face. Exactly.
1: Yeah, like, you know, publishing it's a lot of like low-key people who are like, <laughs> I, we don't talk mostly. So, yeah. sit in silence. And I'm like, yeah, That's silence great. all day. I love it. <laughs> it's great. Uh, How,
2: when and where do you do your first stand-up set?
1: Oh, that was Oh my god. So, I was part of another improv trip in Boston, and this one guy who ran it ran a variety show and he said basically anyone could have five minutes on the variety show and so I was like i had been writing some jokes I remember my first joke ever it was about uh, Small Wonder the TV show oh yeah
2: with the little <laughs> robot girl
1: <laughs> yes yes yeah. So, one see, of the weirdest that comes of all oh, time it's so strange and this is exactly why the jokes sometimes would hit so hard and sometimes would like t- <laughs> die because if you're of our generation you right. know it and it's yes. like yeah Vicky is this robot daughter and the whole premise of the show is the dad like works for NASA and they have one natural born child who is a human child and then i don't know what happened but somehow the mom can't have another baby like i don't know so they rather than adopting they build a robot daughter who like (laughs) i mean and like they have all these terrible special effects where she's like looks like i got a vacuum and she'll like pick up the couch and vacuum under it because she's like Uh, a robot uh you know and she has like like. eyes for lasers when she needs them if they need to heat up coffee (gasps) Um, it was
3: really creepy show oh it's very is anyone on it that like i would know I don't think so. No. Random people.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was like such a D-list show. Yeah. I mean, the it set It was syndicated. Looks
2: like- it was never on a network, I don't oh, think. Really? I think it was one of those shows okay. that like was always, was always in syndication oh, okay. and you would watch it on like your local channel 5 or yes. chan- whatever your sure, sure. shit yeah. channel was. Yeah, but I remember but what that was, that was the like- joke?
1: It was basically just talking about how that show is so ridiculous. <laughs> like, I mean, or oh, and then it was also like, and then it ended with me being like, I wish the show had continued to her rebellious teenage years, you know, and just that she'd be like, um, where, you know, and she talked like a robot too, uh, you know, and she'd be like wearing a leather jacket being like, you can't, sing, you know, like uh, rain me and dad or, you know, and I'm like, I realize she's a robot. She could be programmed not to rebel. But like, I mean, the joke, I can't even remember. That. It's like
2: a lot of premises.
1: Oh, it's all premise. It is all premise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if the audience doesn't know Small Wonder, we're done <laughs> You're done. Yeah and it's Goodbye. a 7 minute bit. And I remember like just I remember one time trotting it out and I asked the audience like, "Do you guys know what small wonder is?" And they and literally crickets and I was like, "Well, here we go." <laughs> <I was> like,
2: <laughs> gonna do it anyway. <laughs> Selena, that's right the worst joke. when you have to explain what the like I, I when I do this joke about Tabitha Coffee mm-hmm. from Tabitha Takes Over, mm-hmm. she's the professional hairstylist. Yes. I, a lot of times I'll be like, "Do you guys know who Tabitha Coffee is?" And like one person says yes and I'm like, "I'm going to do the joke anyway cuz that's know. how good a joke it is." I know. Um, Selena, when I was <laughs> trying to find a clip of yours to isolate it's hard because like me, you don't really tell jokes. You tell yeah. stories.
1: Yeah, I do a lot. Yeah. I got into storytelling more here in New York when I sort of discovered that's what I was doing, you know? Right. Um Like you and, don't do one liners. No. I mean I have like two one liners. Like and yeah, you know, if I'm ever doing a show where, you know, they're dropping checks or something and you need to kind of do quick jokes because people's attention is not there, I really have like three to pull from. You know, What's I like a, quick don't one? Have a lot. Um Oh God. Oh, Oh wait, I feel like I'm so rusty lately. In the summer I'm just like, Let me sit on the beach. Um mm-hmm. but I have one where I well, it's not—it's not that quick, but um, that you know, it's tank top season, and I love wearing tank tops. And recently, I was on the street, and this guy came over to me. Uh, this black man called me a pasty white devil. It was yeah. This is a true story. It was pretty upsetting because this is pretty tan for me. Okay, so gets you right here. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. It's so dumb, but it's a true story. It happened uh, to me. I was volunteering, and this guy's like pasty white devil, and I was like, Aah! but it was very tan and for trying. me. Yeah, I know. I was like SPF eight, bit like uh, bit every day. SPF eight.
2: <laughs> Tell us about this uh, NYT Vows Twitter account that you operate, which is a, a parody of the New York Times wedding section.
1: Yes, it's a Twitter and an Insta now. And I'm about to hit 20,000 followers on Insta, which yeah. I cannot believe. I know. Oh my God, it's so neat. Um, but, yes, oh, queen. But, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I started it four years ago. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, you know, I joke around that I'm like the fake gray lady. The gray lady does white weddings. And I it's a combination where I pretend to be the New York Times wedding section. So I'll be like the bride until recently, the bride worked. Um, but then also I, I
2: have a couple of Ooh, them yeah. that I pulled. Uh, this was one of my favorites. The groom was 32. All of his old Penn State buddies were proposing to their respective girlfriends. And Molly was cute. And there.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. I love to make fun of just like people's, you know, sort of what they do because right. everyone's doing it. And like the wedding industrial complex and wasps.
2: Here's another one. The bride and the groom have a lot in common. They are both the types of maniacs who don't walk up an escalator, but rather stand to the right as if they are on the world on the worst amusement park ride of all time.
1: That one's so silly. I, really I just love idea. getting inspiration from like anywhere. You know, yeah. I'll be eating an everything bagel, and I'm like. What if two people fell in love because they both like everything bagels? You know, like just stupid stuff. You
2: must be a fan or you must have been a fan of the wedding section in order to come up with this.
1: Yes. When I was a kid, we I grew up going to church every Sunday. And then my parents, in a very wise move on their part, usually would just say Sunday's family day. And I think it was mostly so they didn't have to drive me to the mall. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they were like, you have to stay home. Maybe dad will build a fire, read a book. Take it easy. You know, I think they were trying to encourage us to relax because right. we were always like, go, go, go. There might be boys somewhere, you know. Um, <laughs> but because we got the New York Times, I like I would just end up somehow always. Re- I've been reading the style section since I was like 11 years old. it's like, why and, you're so stylish. I mean, honestly. I, and then oh, so much random. Like, I know way too much about socialites. And I always have. You know, it's very odd. But. I've loved reading that section always, especially because of how the Times writes it. Like, it's so obnoxious. Like, yeah. the things they hone in on, their obsession with Mayflower descendants. Oh, my God. What is that? They. I think it's because, you know, wasp people feel like, that is the purest wasp you can be. If your family is connected to the Mayflower, you know, like it's very puritanical. But so if you're at all connected, they will name drop that. So like they'll always be like, or specific names, like one of the first, you know, governors of the settlement of Massachusetts. Uh, You know, like the bride's (laughs) a descendant of it. Like, oh my God. (laughs) Who cares? Yeah. It's so absurd, but it's this like, just so like pure white Protestant shit. You know, Even the gay
2: ones are ridiculous. The gay ones are like, they're, they're written to make any other gay guy feel terrible about their wives because it's like, you know, groom number one is, you know, has a, a doctorate in mechanical physics and right. discovered the cure for, you know, shingles. Yeah. And groom number two is a... Hollywood publicist in a multi-trillion-dollar. I mean, they just yes. like they're ridiculously oh, know. accomplished.
1: And I they mean, met yeah, at the, the dog res- park, and they both yes. have. And right. they always Shih-zus like write it to be so quaint, even when it's pretty boring. Like yeah. the times will like try to craft it. You know, like sure. the Grimm's father knew the Grimm's mother through their you know club <laughs> where they played uh, backgammon. Squash. You know, yeah, yeah. like. You can
2: follow uh, that account at NYT Vows, which I'm sure the Times loves that you (laughs) were able to get that. Oh,
1: I mean, I I can't get over how many people mistake me for the real thing. And they'll be like, oh, my friend was listed in it. Check it out. And I'm like, I'm the parody version. But the Times has been very nice to me, actually. They've written me up in the Times twice because of NYT Vows. Oh, that's
2: good. I know. I was like, "Wow, you have a a sense of humor." humor. I know.
1: It's pleasantly surprising.
2: Well, in the time we have remaining, Selena, it's time to play everyone's favorite game, Ask Me No Questions. (laughs) Ask Me (laughs) No
0: Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Yeah.
2: You have gorgeous blonde hair. Does the carpet match the drapes?
1: Definitely not. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me?
2: (laughs) But there is a carpet
1: yeah uh depending on the season yeah, yeah.
2: maybe some okay. maybe some highlights here and there <laughs>
1: yes, yeah exactly i like to have fun too yeah, sure. ryan is
2: very pro carpet for men very yeah. i'm very anti-carpet yeah. i've I got think, almost nothing down there really yeah i
1: think that can feel nice and like freewheeling and mm-hmm. also depending on what kind of bikini or lingerie i'm buying sometimes i want to have it be like totally you know yeah but i do i've encountered somewhere if there's nothing there i'm like whoa uh i don't Let's know yeah, yeah
3: i just it makes me feel comfortable i like the smell like the feel mm-hmm. the smell <laughs> of pubic hair can
2: I just you imagine ingrown hair mm.
0: I, ingrown that's why, yeah that's why i don't shave because i have terrible ingrown uh, hair okay
2: oh, yeah. yeah that's something to consider I, jb I i've heard that black guys often have that issue with shaving their necks too yeah, that's oh my like god that's why i don't
0: shave at all because i get the crackhead scratch and it looks really bad and the bumps.
2: <laughs> yikes the i didn't even think of that uh selena for our ladies who are listening have you ever had a lesbian experience no really yeah as a feminist at Hamilton never went to never went down to Chinatown
1: no I'm sorry to disappoint yeah I'm pretty straight laced I guess interesting
2: kissed um like a bar I'm, gonna, I'm gonna plead the fifth okay oh wow. okay. all right <laughs> I, to, I was sure this was gonna be like yes i had a girlfriend for three years but that's over now
1: i'm also very i don't know i'm it's funny i think people always assume that i'm like raunchy and i'm like i more and more i don't know if it's getting older i'm like kind of private with stuff what you is know?
2: your love life at the moment
1: uh, you're so, not married right no 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 i'm like single forever it's Me infuriating too. yeah and and you know like i do believe that it's important to not always be focusing on what you don't have in your life, but just enjoy what you do, Totes you know? Sin. But I would like to meet a tattooed union guy and take mm. care of him for the rest of my life, Me okay? Me too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You've heard it guys. here first. That's yes. hot. That is hot. No, listen, I I start to get depressed about being single, and then I look at all my friends who are in miserable, traumatic, yeah. horrible yeah. relationships, and I, I think, know. why do I think it's better to have a a partner I know, it's not I know, necessarily it's true.
1: and i'm someone who likes i appreciate my alone time mm-hmm. you know and i think it's probably hard to find a partnership where you ha- want the same amount of alone time you know i mean you work
2: in publishing so you're going to have to find someone very quiet i know yeah who ooh, likes to read a lot. sitting in silence yes Aww. please who is the worst <laughs> famous comedian
1: currently ooh, working great question ooh you know what i will say oh god you know who i don't find very imaginative or interesting or exciting, Jerry Seinfeld.
2: Oh, interesting. Yeah,
1: especially, I don't know if you saw, he and um, Bobcat Goldthwaith, Goldthwaith, however you pronounce that, Mm -hmm. he and Bobcat hate each other. And I guess an article came out this week that sort of, I guess in Bridget Everett's episode of Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee, she mentioned Bobcat and Jerry Seinfeld kind of like went off. Hmm. I guess they hate each other. And I've always heard Bobcat is the nicest. I find him so hardworking.
2: And I think he's actually very funny. Yes. His early specials are underrated. They were hilarious. Exactly.
1: And I get that he's very like, I think that Jerry felt like this is such a gimmick. But Jerry Seinfeld, I find to be just very cruel about him. And to me, I don't know, the fact that I think season one of Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee, I don't think there was a single woman on it like... Recently, Jerry Seinfeld was talking about this younger comedian who he re- really likes, Mark Normand, who we're, mm-hmm. we're old friends with. Um, but just to hear even Jerry talk about comedians, he's like, you know, you got some young guys who are X, Y, Z and some young guys who. And I'm like, Jerry Seinfeld seems to not think women do this. Mm-hmm. Right. You know?
2: Well, and he's very arrogant. He's He's a little bit like... You know, sort of the Milton Berle now. Yes. Like the old crotchety mm-hmm. elder statesman who thinks everything should be the way it was when exactly. I was young.
1: And here's the one way but, you do it. No act outs. And it's like, I'm allowed to do act. There are many types of comedy right. out there. But I give,
2: I give I give him credit for his talent. I mean, he he and Larry David created yes. one of the greatest sitcoms. Yeah. And his stand-up, it's not my style of stand-up, but I yeah. think it's funny. My I would have said D.L. Hughley.
1: Oh, really? I challenge
2: anyone to ever find anything D.L. Hughley says funny. Yeah. I don't understand why he has a career. And he's yeah. a homophobe.
1: Oh, barf. Okay. He seems like a personality more than a comedian, you know? Totally.
2: What's a lie that you tell people all the time?
3: <laughs>
1: That's a great question. question. I know. I really worked hard on this. I know. Uh, oh, great question. Uh, oh, God. What's a lie that I tell people all the time? That I just had a big lunch, so I don't want to eat dinner. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and here's why. Usually, oh, God, this is terrible. I, but I told it yesterday. Um, I usually do eat lunch kind of late, but then... It, for dinner, as far as dinner goes, like I after work, if I have a show or if I'm just hanging out, I like to have a few drinks and then just sort of float into the evening. Like,
2: and you're I, not hungry?
1: Yeah, I'm not hungry. Oh
2: God, you and I could never be together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm constantly hungry and eating. Like,
1: yeah, I feel like people would never want to take that. You know, I don't because and I don't just want to be like I don't really eat dinner, so I always say I had a really big lunch. Then everyone thinks you have
2: a problem. Yes, yeah.
1: exactly. And I'm like I don't know. It's just I don't. Especially when it's this hot, I don't have a huge appetite, and so I almost always say I had a big lunch. I'm fine. Listen, you know
2: this explains why you're in rock and shape. Maybe I need to start <laughs> right. skipping dinner. Um your least favorite sexual position?
1: Oh, good question. Um I don't know. Well, I think reverse cowgirl can be sort of disorienting.
2: You know? <laughs> like, whose dick am I on? <laughs> yeah. Where is this? Is there a TV Where am I? in front of
1: me? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Mine I, we just talked about this yesterday. Yeah. Mine is missionary, either yeah. as the top or the bottom. I find it very uncomfortable. Just mm-hmm. give me a doggy style and I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you and I, are, you know, we have different anatomies. Yeah. Uh, describe the perfect penis.
1: Oh, my gosh. Uh, I tend to think I had some ex-boyfriends where it was just, like, pretty nice and long, not that girthy. And oh. those were always pretty solid ones. Interesting.
3: Interesting. Yeah.
1: Interesting.
2: I think gays feel... The opposite. We, we like prefer a, girth. We like the girth. Yeah. Although I, that little twink that I talk about on my album has kind of a long skinny one and it does feel pretty good. Um, F. Mary Kill, Douchebag Edition.
1: Mm. Anthony Jesselnick, mm. Dane Cook,
2: mm. Daniel Tosh. Oh. F. Mary Kill.
1: Well, kill Daniel Tosh. He is the worst. Oh. Okay. I mean, I just find him... I don't know. I hope I'm not like, No, I'm not offending yeah. no me. Feelings. I just find him to be like such a mean spirited, angry dude. So I'd say kill him. And also a classic case. Yes, hundred percent. And I think that's so why tush. he's so like, yeah, yeah. Uh um I'd say Mary Jezelnik. because he actually seems like I kinda I don't know, there's something I find redeeming about him. Okay. You know. And then I guess F, Dane Cook. <laughs> I mean, Dane huh? Cook's
2: in pretty rockin' shape. I think you could have fun. Yeah, he's
1: dating, what, like a 15-year-old or something? <laughs> <laughs> er. Selena,
2: any uh, big gigs coming up, and how can people follow you?
1: Ooh, um, big gigs coming up. What do I have coming up? Oh, I have a fun show at Caveat a week after Next called um, Adult Sex Ed, which will be fun. And then I'm going to be up in, I think, Beacon, New York in September. Uh, everything's listed on my website, which is SelenaCopic.com. S
2: c o p p o c k. Yep. Copic. S-E-L,
1: yeah. S-E-L-E-N-A. C-O-P-P-O-C-K. And that's my Twitter and Insta. And then, of course, I'm always on NYT Vows. Also, I have a uh, podcast that I'm going to resuscitate in the fall called Two Wick Minimum. It's a podcast about candles.
2: I thought that was a joke when you emailed me that. <laughs> I thought you were just <laughs> being snarky. Well, I know.
1: I know. People often think how that.
2: is there that much to talk about candles? Well, each can...
1: episode is only thirty minutes, but there are a lot of hot topics in the candle community. Wow, wow.
2: Selena <laughs> so Kopic, you are a delight. Please come back again and see us, Ryan and uh, JB. Plug yourselves, please. You can follow me at Ryan Frosting with an N, not you like c- frosting my last name.
0: You can follow me at Stocking Anarchy Twelve.
2: I love you both. Ryan and I will be back next week with improv comedian Jeff Shearer. Subscribe to DNRstudios.com. Don't forget to download my comedy album. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram at AdamSank. Donate to the Keep JB on the Ass Fund at AdamSank.com. You better donate, bitches, or he's leaving. Have a great week. I love you all. Goodbye.